So today, uh, for our first podcast, we decided to talk about the love of uh, money. And so, that being the subject of discussion, we're going to uh, bring out a couple Bible verses and give our own personal opinions about uh, said subjects. But uh, yeah, so... The love of money. What do you what do you think about that? Um, so I think it's a a subject that people don't take serious enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and they may not be aware of their own hearts towards money. Some people don't uh, realize what kind of control money has over their own lives. Yeah. And, and part of that has to do with the society that we are living in where, you know, they are praising people to try to work longer hours to make more money. Right. But to, in most cases, it's actually harming than uh, actual... Uh, than actually benefiting them, but we'll get into it. Yeah, so to, to begin, I'd like to read the, the very famous verse, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, the interesting thing about this verse here, and there are several verses talking about money, but the interesting thing about this verse is that it states that it is the root of all evil. I had um, a friend of mine told me that he had a problem with this because he said, how can it be the root of all evil? How can every evil atrocity or whatever be motivated by money? But we know that the Bible's right and correct when it talks about this. And if you really break it down, a lot of uh, sins that are committed are motivated, if not all, are motivated by, well, one, money, and two, doesn't necessarily have to be money, but the idea of gaining something, you know, covetousness, or having something that you don't have, you know what I mean? Those kind of fall in the same categories. So desiring more than you um, already have can be the motivator of all evil. Well, and you, you know, the, the big thing with that is, uh, I think another key part is the love of money. So the idea of obsession over money yeah. is the root of all evil, you know, and... Uh-huh. It's kind of dangerous to say money in itself is the is the evil because yeah. it really isn't. No, I mean it's, if you, it's not real. It's yeah, it's just a currency, right? Um, really, the big thing is the love of gaining more and more and more mm-hmm. in the expense of others. That's where some anti-capitalistic uh, people try to go to even though capitalism is it itself that yeah um and that's a whole different argument but 
one of the things is many verses that you look up um, always talk about the idea that he who loves money, you know what I mean? Um, or the love of money or any version of being obsessed over money. Yeah. And so it's, I think that's also very important to consider. So, um, how would money affect the average Christian? Okay, because it's easy to be like, well, to not to not look at it from a biased standpoint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From a standpoint of, well, you know what? If I came into a lot of money, you know, I wouldn't be like those people. Or you know what I mean? It's easy to to, to say to yourself that I wouldn't like the example I'm trying to use is if somebody won the lottery, you know. Right. Somebody plays the lottery, they won the lottery. Uh, and um, people lie to themselves and say, no, no, I'd be smarter than all these people who countless people have won the lottery and blew it all yeah. and ruined their lives. Well, you know what it, uh, another thing is, is uh, so lottery winners, you know, a lot of yep. them, a lot of their purchases or a lot of their uh, their acts of spending money is emotionally based you know so you, yeah. you imagine you getting a lump sum of money when you've been trying to win a lump sum of money yeah as soon yeah. as you win you spent you've already spent so many dollars mm-hmm. on lottery, lottery tickets scratchers whatever and then you finally receive this lump sum of money and you're so excited that whatever the first purchase is you don't care if it's gonna suck up all your money you don't care like you're just excited to spend the money yeah you're excited to spend the money and imagine if it was a car or a house whatever it is Uh most people don't put into their heads especially if it's emotionally driven Uh, the idea that oh maybe I'm gonna have to keep paying taxes on this thing or hey maybe the insurance of this is gonna be like they don't think about that yeah they don't think about that and so that's where the bankruptcy happens in a lot of them or they just straight up lose all their money is uh, is because emotionally driven uh, purchases lead to a very not clear well and I'm, I'm going to just piggyback of what, what you said, as a matter of fact. Because here, here's the thing, you know, the flesh, our flesh, and our spirit are at battle every day. Yes. You know, there's things that the flesh wants, and there's things that the spirit wants, which is that which is holy. But think about this. If you have a lot of money, you can fulfill the lust of the flesh completely. You know what I mean? And, and by that I mean any limitations that you once had, you know, like, eh, I, I, I would like to do that, but I can't afford it. Yeah. You know, I'd like to, uh, you know, whatever fleshly desire you want to do that. Um, yeah, whatever it is, uh, now all of a sudden that limitation is gone, you know. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, like, uh, if you're that crazy person who wants to spend all your money on prostitutes now you can you know right. drugs yeah. now you can 
yeah, no, seriously though, yeah. partying it up. Now you can. And then the crazy thing is, with all that money, you get these false friends. These all you feel all good and like oh, all these people like me. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's all it's all vanity. Uh, well, what is speaking this? of uh, yeah, speaking of vanity, like you were saying, well, and it's it's the the more you have, the more you want to have more. Right, I agree. It's with that, weird. Huh? But, like, um, an actual perfect verse, watch, I'll let you read that. It says, Ecclesiastes 5, beginning in verse 10. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. And that's just speaking to the... It's funny how this ancient writer talks about the, the more he gets, the more he wants to get more. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, because what's funny is the comparison to another person. There's always somebody richer than you. Oh yeah. So you think you're not rich? Like here in America, especially, we think we're not rich. Like uh, a middle class citizen, right? They do not think that they're rich. That they're rich, you know, because there's much more. Uh, there's richer communities. There's. Uh, people with big old yachts there's people with big old mansions right, right. there's people with better cars and so we we tend to view ourselves not as rich at all we tend to view our means of living uh, as poor but if you take the poor of the entire world right uh-huh. the entire world population poor they would see our living situation as rich oh, the fact yeah. that we even have a house oh yeah for even sure. if you have a hundred thousand dollar home mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's kind of in america that's kind of a low budget house yeah in our eyes in our eyes yeah but what's crazy is that home is like straight up a mansion to certain mud houses in africa or you know yeah. what i mean like yeah and you know the interesting thing about that is um, two thirds of the entire planet, you know, struggles to find clean water. Two thirds. Right. We don't have to worry about that in the United States. As a matter of fact, it's a thing that we don't even think about. We just turn on a faucet and we take a drink, and you know, we kind of take that for granted. But we are rich. In comparison to the rest of the world, uh, taking trips to Africa and seeing them struggle to to make clean water, you know. Well, yeah, you have yeah. you have an example. Well, you yeah. have a story, right? When you you yeah. and your wife went to on that trip, right? Uh, we were we saw uh, Africans carrying water from lakes and rivers with jerry cans, and they take it back home and boil the water, and you can't drink that water. You know, just straight because, you know, there's so many parasites and things like that. Like, it'll kill you. Right. And uh, as a matter of fact, the interesting thing is, is you saying or bringing up that having much, you'll desire much more and more and more. Uh, It's interesting because it reminds me of King uh, Solomon when he said that. I forget the verses, but it's like. Like, I had silver and gold and money and all these women and all kinds of crazy stuff, you know? And he said, 
at the end of all his like spewing of how he had all this stuff, he says, therefore I hated life. And I think it's a testament to show that happiness doesn't come from material things and never will, you know. I mean, sure, for the moment, like when you get that new whatever, you're all, oh, this is so cool. But at the end of the day, um, the Bible word that's used is uh, vanity. That it's all vanity, it doesn't matter. Um, a good example of that would be like, if you had your family in a car, you know, and you were driving, and you get in a car accident, you know what I mean? You're not worried about the car. What are you worried about? You're worried about your family, because that's what's a hundred times more important than just a car. Yeah. You know, because it's it, it doesn't matter, it's stuff. Yeah, it's nice, but it's just stuff. I... I think the biggest uh, takeaway from, like, if, if anybody's listening and if they have, uh, if they want to sum up anything, really, the idea is the money is the mean, uh, the means, not the end. Yeah, it, it should be never, tool. Yeah, it should never be the end. Because some people may... Some people are like, all right, if I they make it the end, if I have this much money, you know, in my bank account, or this, then much, I'll be happy. Then I'll, you know, then I'll be happy. That's the biggest problem is the making it the ends and not the. It's just part of the, you know, the toolkit of life, right? Cause yeah. You, you well, still, you you need money to to uh, pay for things that you need. Yes. Yeah. But I think the biggest problem. And even in American churches and Christians and things, is the desire for money. Oh yeah, and it's it's easy to desire because you always see well, somebody. Yeah. Well, I, I was gonna quote another verse. That's uh, another pretty popular one. Matthew six twenty four. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is just defined as currency. Uh, pretty much you could just say you can't serve God and money. And the interesting thing about that is, uh, you know, people think in the spiritual realm, it's like, well, you can't serve God and the devil, you know. But the devil is smarter than that. Right. He's not going to lure people in, especially Christians in, with, hey, you know, meet me at the graveyard and let's kill a cat and summon a devil. Like, you know, he's not going to, you know, because, like, people hear that and they're like, heck no, I'm not going to do that. That's freaking nuts. But what does he tempt people with? Instead, that there's a reason why the verse says that you can't serve God and money. Right. You know, because it's easy to serve money, to desire money, uh, and not serve the Lord. People in their minds can create a god of money. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is all their effort goes into making more money, their desires to make more money. Hey, we need more and more and more and more. Instead of depending on God and just being satisfied with what with what he gives you. Now, here's what I'm not saying. Because people <laughs> hear that and they say, oh, well, you know, why does anybody work? But the Bible teaches that we should work and we should work hard. Six days shalt thou labor. I'm not against working hard, getting good jobs, earning good money. What I'm against is the constant desire 
to have more and not to be content with what God has blessed you with. Right. Because, you know, God gave you a willing, a working body, two arms, two legs, you know, that you can work hard and you can earn money. And God tells you to work hard and earn money. But the focus should not constantly be make money, make money, make money. I mean, there are Christians that fall into this trap. You know, they read all the books about how to make more money. And, hey, I'm going to be rich quick. And, hey, you know what I mean? Right. That is a very dangerous place to fall into. Because your motivations change. Yeah, and it, it goes into the... A li- it really does go into idolatry, really. Yes. You're making an idol of the money. And because... And you're not depending on God anymore. Right, yeah. And... You know, it is, you know, it is funny, but money can solve a lot of issues. It really yeah. can. I mean, I mean, just like that, uh, this verse in general. Uh, Ecclesiastes 10, verse 9. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. And it's funny that the wisest man would even say, like, yeah, money can answer a lot of issues you know the poor hey we can spend money build them better communities or you know uh people are starving hey we can spend money on good uh good uh fishermen to help feed those poor whatever but the problem is is when you put the reliance on money yeah more than the reliance on god's provision right then it becomes a big issue. Now, it's okay to, like, so Dave Ramsey's, he has different uh, right uh, money uh, helping tools. Like, the, the book I have is the Total Money Makeover. That's a great book. You should be res- uh, you should be responsible with money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But not obsess over money. Right, yeah. That book is, is excellent because it teaches you how to be responsible with what you have. Well, and then it tells you... Hey, you know, you have all this debt. Let's do the smart thing. Let's get work rid on of, yeah. getting rid of it. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that's 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 good. You know, people should be responsible for what they have. I had, uh, I was in a, a youth group a long time ago, and there was a girl that had this problem because there's there's two two sides of, of the spectrum. Mm. Okay. There's the side of the spectrum where the desire of money is just the motivator for everything and I need to make more money and the, 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 the quick money and the fast money and hey pyramid scheme, hey sign up 10 friends to do this so I can make money. Like just nuts stuff. But then there's the other side too, which is, it, and I hate to say this, but it's true. <laughs> I call it a lazy Christianity. Oh, and this is what I mean is they go so far from the love of money that they go to dependence on God for everything. But what I mean by that is, okay. Yeah, it sounds they, wrong, they, but it's not. But it's, yeah, like this, this is going to sound wrong, but just hear me out. I'm talking about people who literally will not work, who will not do anything to improve their situation and say, well, you know, God will provide Here's a dumb thing about that, okay? <laughs> First of all, God told men to work. He said, six days shall that labor. So you can't say, well, I mean, I'm not going to get a job and God will provide. But two, here's an example in the Bible. Uh, the I don't remember the exact verse, but the verse goes, the day, or uh, the horse is prepared for battle, but safety is of the Lord. 
what happened? The troops got the horse ready for battle and themselves ready for battle, right? Yeah. But they trusted in the Lord. So you have to do your part and also trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. We have to work hard but also depend on God. Uh, A good example of this that I heard was we need to work like it depends on us but pray like it depends on God because it does depend on God. So but, I'm saying don't fall into this whole, like, let's be lazy, but God will provide. Right. It's, it's just like, I know I'm going, like, <laughs> on a tangent, but I'm, it's it's the same exact thing when it comes to, like, dating. Yeah. There are guys who are terrified to talk to girls in the churches, but they're like, oh, well, God will bring me a wife. Not if you don't talk to chicks. I mean, obviously, you have to talk to the right ones, yeah. the ones in church, you know. But you got to put yourself out there. Yeah, God will support you. You know, he will guide you in the right way. But if you do nothing, nothing's going to happen. You know, people picture God just throwing a girl at them from the sky. Not going to happen. It really isn't. And part of the, well, like, granted, some people see, like, certain pastors with beautiful wives or certain uh, people with, you know, good-looking couples. And they're like, oh, you know, well, if I just sit around, God will provide me with that they yeah. they think that the pastor or assistant pastor or deacon got that Whatever. wife yeah. that way and if you listen to their stories that's not how it happened it's really not how it happened as a matter of fact a lot of them they decided you know what i'm just gonna serve the lord and do my thing and then guess what as they were serving the lord doing their thing you know working you know yeah, working, actively yeah. doing something with their life then god kind of kicked them Put them in the right yeah. room with this person. Put them in the right scenarios. Yeah, so but they acted, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they did something. So all that to say, look, we need to work hard and depend on God. But we can't be that guy who's just desiring money all the time, you know. And we can't also be that lazy Christian that's like, well, God will provide and do nothing. I saw this this crazy video. I don't remember. The, the Asian dude's name, but he was that guy on social media that was selling his book about getting rich and all that stuff, right? Okay. And uh, here's the funny thing, you know, sometimes I'll click on those videos not to watch the presentation because I know it's all BS anyway. I read the comments, you know, because sometimes comment sections are the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. And a lot of people... We're saying that verse, that the love of money is the root of all evil. Love of money is the root of all evil, right? And I say, amen, that was great. But then he comes out with another video attacking that verse saying, you know, a lot of people said the love of money is the root of all evil. And he's just like, well, let me ask you something. If you don't have money, you know, how can you pay for your medical bills? If you have a loved one that's dying, how can you pay for your medical bills? It's like, you need to get rich. So you can provide all this stuff for you. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, there's some small truth to what he's saying, but he's taking it overboard. Like, what I mean by that is, yes, we need to have money, work hard, earn money to provide for our families. I mean, the Bible itself says that if you cannot provide for your own, you're worse than an infidel. Right? Right. So you do need to work. But he's saying, he's taking his, his that place and putting the place of God, he's replacing it with money. Right. Like if a loved one's in the hospital, well, just give the hospital money and they'll get it taken care of. Whereas us as Christians, we'll do our best to provide, but we also pray and depend on God. Right. Like God, help us. God, heal this person. God. Intervene, yeah. Intervene, you know. 
He's saying, no, you don't need, you, you can't do that unless you have money. Well, I beg to differ. Yeah, and see, there's that. It's, it's, with all things, there's the extremes where, and see, it is, it's like you were talking about the comments in, in the video and they kept posting that and yeah. yeah, it's true, but don't hound a guy for trying to sell a book. Now, if he was saying you need to love money in order to get rich and do this and do that, then yeah, probably call him out, do whatever you need to do. I, I understand yeah. that. But you gotta be careful when you're calling people out. You really gotta be careful. I think anything that would motivate a Christian to love money is evil. Right. And you know, the get get rich quick. I mean, as a matter of fact, that was a prayer in the Bible where he says, Give me not riches. Right. You know, that's what he called out to God. He said, Don't give it to me because we know that money changes people. And it, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you can take a lot of the mega churches, right? Yeah. Even if they started off as this humble, you know, guy trying things to change. Yeah. yeah, things change when money starts piling in, and you realize, oh my gosh, I have more than enough to pay for the building. And guess what? I can buy a new, new car or a new house or a new house or property, or, right? Private jet. And that's and you know it's really interesting. So the idea of charity. Speaking about money, charity. Uh -huh. You know, uh, that's something that people really need to uh, take serious in their life. Um, don't give to rent any random old charity, or don't even uh, even be careful on which uh, programs you give to the church. Like you got to do your research on that. And yeah, because a lot of money just goes to that yeah. person. Yeah, and so runs those organizations. Right, you got to be careful where your money goes. Yeah. But the big, the biggest thing with charity is, imagine you. Some people have a hard time knowing how much to give, right? Yeah, they they they're not really sure. So a good indicator is, let's say you live in a certain community, and if your house and your car and like certain things in your yard or even furniture in your home is uh -huh. e equivalent to your local neighbors, you're probably not giving enough. And the reason why I say is you're keeping up with the Joneses when you really don't need to keep up with the Joneses, right? You're saying Do you're you, matching your neighbors. Yeah, you're trying to keep up with your neighbors in a sense. Yeah. So in a weird way, you should actually, your charity should be giving more than your neighbor would, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna have the quote, yeah, five years or ten year old car, but but who cares? It's yeah. a car. It runs. Right. As yeah. long as it's functioning and it's working, right? Uh, so charity or giving should pinch a little bit. It should, and that's part of the whole. Now this is different from tithing. Tithing, that's God's money. You know what I mean? Tithing, if you don't give your tithing, you're just stealing from God. That's a whole different... Yeah, yeah we can talk about that yeah, later. But giving, what, you're, what you're referring to is the Bible's version of giving alms. Yeah, giving alms. But that's alms are connected with the right. off, you know, offerings and stuff like that. Well, no, because... Yes and no. Because giving alms... And here's the problem that I have with some people who give to charity. Right, the Bible is very clear. Yeah, Jesus said it when you give alms and giving alms just means you're giving money to the poor right you know 
whether that's just a homeless man or whatever. But Jesus says, or said, he's like, don't let your right hand know what your left hand doeth. He yeah, says, no boasting. No boasting at all. But what do we see? Like, okay, you talk <laughs> about these, these millionaires and these actors and all. Oh, I gave, you know... Two million dollars to this organization. Look at me. Like you know what I mean. Right. Or what's? I don't. I don't want to say it's worse, but I think it's almost as bad as those stupid YouTubers <laughs> who record record themselves. themselves giving like twenty bucks to a homeless man. Look how and the look how. Scene. Yeah. Look. Look how awesome I am. I feel like some people fall into that. You oh, know yeah. what I mean. And and the stupid thing about that is you know God promises you a reward for every thing you give to somebody however if you let somebody know about it right there's your reward like jesus is like look whatever feelings you wanted to get from those people like them thinking that you're awesome congrats there's your reward so like people who give the charity that's cool but when they boast like when you hear about it all of a sudden is not that cool. Well, you know who's a so like speaking of actors and quote influencers, you know, there's a certain actor. He always gets to charity, he always but he never talks about it. And it's never really brought up in the news as often cuz he really doesn't want to talk about it. And yeah. you know who that is? It's Denzel Washington. Oh wow. He if you cuz you can find what's nice is a lot of the Charity yeah. giving, you can find it because it's open source material. Like, there's nothing hidden. He's not throwing it under the table. It's, it is out in the open. But, but he's not talking about. He's it. not. He's not one to sit there and divulge. Like, look how much money I have provided to these poor individuals. No. He just does the giving, gives his time for that, and moves on. Yeah. And so. Right. Those are the good examples, and obviously there's, there's awful, a lot of bad examples. But, okay, look, all that to say that if you give money, don't let anybody know about it. I mean, if you want the reward from God. If you want the reward from men, which is them just thinking that you're awesome, well, then tell everybody about it. You know? Yeah. So, I guess, to wrap things up, okay, the danger of loving money kind of ties into the sin that's in the Ten Commandments, the sin of covetousness. You know, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, but covetousness goes beyond that. The word covet just simply means desiring that which is not yours. Right. Or, you know, uh, seeing something and wishing you had that. Right. The danger with that is you live a life that's not content. You know, you're not happy with what you have. You're not happy with what God has given you. Right. And you, you're just constantly desiring more and constantly saying, I need more and more. Uh, that's dangerous because, you know, the Bible says to be content and depend on God for everything. Right? Right. If you live a life of desiring other things you know you're gonna live a miserable life why because you're not satisfied ever you're not happy truly happy ever right you know i mean there's there's a 
that question that people ask, and it's just one of those conversation things, like, would you rather have all the money that you could ever have, or would you rather have happiness? And by that, like, you're poor, but you're happy. Like, you have a you spouse are, yeah. and children, and you're just happy. And when, from my experience, when I t- ask people that, they always say, I'd rather pick happiness, all right? And yeah, because who doesn't want to enjoy happiness? But what God says is true, what will bring you truly happiness, the world says that's not going to make you happy. You know, what does God say brings true happiness? Family, church, children, you know, being together, doing God's work by preaching the gospel, uh, uh, being being together because you see a lot of these people who are filthy rich a lot of them commit suicide because they feel like they don't have anybody and it always goes back to that that saying like money can't buy happiness and it's true because it really can't desiring money you know will never satisfy you and never bring you happiness true happiness yeah. There's a false happiness when you buy that new thing and you're like, oh, it's so cool. But when the dust settles, what's left? True. I think the big thing with that is uh, finding out what true happiness is. And what's funny is we say, like, oh, all I want to be is happy. I just want to be happy. And sadly, that's not the goal. No. You know, it's funny. It's funny because... The, the real goal is having a meaningful life, right? Yeah. Getting mean, meaning. That's where happiness ends up showing. Right. It's not you chase down happiness and then you'll find meaning. No. No. You find the meaning first. Then happiness will come in. Well, it's kind of like, like... Yeah. So, just just uh, like in the Bible says having yeah. joy. Yeah. And joy is like different from happiness because joy is something that is within. Right. And... Really, you know, you aim at earth, you get nothing. But you aim at heaven, you get earth thrown in there, right? Yeah. Remember how uh, when Jesus talks about things will, these things will be provided for you? Remember? Yeah. He says, he says to, uh, what was it? Seek, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be yeah. added unto you. And what were those things? The clothing, the yes, food. Yes, the clothing, the, the food, yes. So God will provide for you. God will provide those things. But you have to search for the meaning, which the meaning is 100% pursuit of God Yeah. in your life. And that will bring joy. That will bring the joy. That'll br- then, then that's the, joy, the funny yeah. thing. That's the funny thing. Like, like you were saying, seeking happiness, right? Because yeah. there's a false happiness. Yeah, there's a false ha- a happiness that says, well, this will make me happy right now, but God knows better, yeah. right? You're saying, well, I'm not happy, so, but you, you know what I'm saying. I, I'm it's saying temporary that... temporary enjoyment. Yeah, temporary enjoyment, and that, that can flow with sin, you know, people who want to fornicate, for instance. Right. You know, there's temporary happiness there, but there's a lot of damage... And there's a lot of uh, unhappiness that will come from that. You see, God knows what's best for us. And we think we know what's best. But ultimately, like, 
more often than not, probably like 99% of the time, we don't know what's best for us. Oh no. And, and in our minds, we think, oh, this will be good. Or, you know, I know the Bible says this, but I just want to be happy. I've literally heard that. I've heard somebody say, because for instance, there was a person I knew who uh, wanted to get a divorce from their husband. And we know like divorce, the, the Bible says the Lord hated putting away divorce. Right? Yeah. And the logic just came. Well, I know the Bible says that, but I just want to be happy. And that is just terrible. Like the, the <laughs> I mean, like, sure, you know, in your mind, you think you're, you're going to be happy. But what happens next? You get divorced, you married somebody else. You get divorced again, you married somebody else. I mean, divorcees, like the chances of getting divorced is like extremely high. Yeah. And it just keeps going and going. Well, and what's funny is... And will you ever truly be happy? No. Or would, will you be happy with your fifth wife or fifth husband? Whereas a couple who gets married, yeah, they might fight. I mean, who doesn't fight when you're married? But they stick together till their old age. I'm sure they're way happier than somebody who's just like, you know what, I'm tired of this partner. I just want to be happy. Right. Inside, they're sad they're depressed maybe that's something we can talk to and the next one is yeah we, about we can talk relationships about that, and marriage but anyways so, I, we, up. We, yeah yeah i'm sorry we Some we jumped all over so ultimately this is what we're saying okay and i'm, I'm just gonna end it here no more rabbit trailing <laughs> money is a necessity in life but it's dangerous to desire more than you have Covetousness is a sin. It's a sin that a lot of people don't talk about, but it literally is a sin, desiring more than you already have. Work hard, be content with what you have, and depend on God. That's all we're saying. And we're also saying to avoid the thought or desire to have what you don't already have. Okay? So uh, let me pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. I pray that it is edifying and that we uh, spoke correctly in regards to your word and your understanding, Lord, and, and that we grow in truth and faith. And Lord, that we just we just drill that mentality into Christians' minds that the, the love of money is the root of all evil, Lord, and uh, understanding the two extremes that we can fall into when it comes to that. And we just pray that you just give everybody wisdom. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.